until you believe your life can get better, it's not going it to. It, you, so for your life to change, you have to change. For your life to get better, you have to get better. From the Iola Register, I'm Tim Stauffer. And I'm Richard Lucan. And this is Registered. Today, we're here with a special episode of Registered. Last week, we sat down with Kurt Jackson of Yates Center. Kurt is a youth motivational speaker and life coach. Our conversation with him, which touched on his battles with depression and alcohol and his journey to health, was originally broadcast via Facebook. It was part of our efforts to recognize May as Mental Health Awareness Month and a testament to the power of candidly discussing mental health issues. We at the Register thought our time with Kurt was important enough to also publish here on Register. We've included the full conversation. Hope you enjoy. Kurt, do you want to introduce yourself any more than I've already done? Or? Um, yeah, I just, uh, I'm a youth motivational speaker, uh, specialized in speaking into high schools and college markets, and then I do a lot of personal development and life coaching for adults. So tell me a little bit about how you got into this line of work, because it's definitely not the norm, and I think it takes a pretty special person to find the right niche and talents, and um, it's, it's a pretty special career. Yes, it is. Um, I never saw myself as a motivational speaker. Um, if somebody would have told me, you know, five years ago I would have been doing this, I would have said, you're crazy, because I couldn't stand up and say 10 words in front of anybody. Um, and now I've spoken to thousands of students um, and helped many along, uh, along their own personal journeys. So what really got me into this was over the last several years, we just continued to see a lot of college students struggle. Uh, my wife has coached for the last uh, eight years in the college uh, college market at Allen and Neosho, and we just continued to see a decline with students' mental health and the struggles that they were kind of going through, the overwhelm, the anxiety, depression, things like that, suicidal um, you know, thoughts and, and temptations. And so after seeing that for four or five years, I thought somebody's got to do something. I mean, we've got to try to make a difference because this is just getting worse and worse every year. And so that's what really started my journey into the motivational speaking side of it. Um, it started off me just going and talking to them one day, um, and it just kind of grew from there. And so um, I, I used my past experience um, with my family struggles. Um, I did lose a brother to suicide when he was 20. Whenever I was in high school, um, I lost a father to, uh, to uh, finally heart failure, but he struggled with alcohol addiction for years and years. Um, and so I lost him whenever I was 24. And so I kind of used those experiences to, to relate to students um, on how I, you know, kind of struggled with my own anxiety and depression and things like that with, with going through those events. Um, and so I use my own experiences to really just kind of relate to them on a more personal level. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a doctor. But I can relate to these students and, and to other adults that struggle with these things because I've been there. I've been there. I've seen it firsthand with, with other family members. And so I can really, you know, kind of dive in a little bit deeper than, you know, here's a, here's a five-step process, you know, that you need to, you need to stick with. I can actually kind of get in there and be like, I've been there. I know your struggles. I, I know what you're feeling right now. And so 
that's what kind of really got me started on this journey and you know it's been it's been amazing to see the feedback and and you know the questions that students and other adults have because it it is a stigma you know there there's so many people that are afraid to talk about these things and um, you know it, it needs to be something just as important as your physical health we we know about that and it, this should be something that needs to be talked about expressed about and not you know something that you should be should be ashamed or embarrassed of or anything like that it's it's something that everybody you know has struggles um, they might not be to the to the point of suicide or anything like that but everybody has struggles and we have to cope know how to cope with these stress levels and that anxiety and things like that so. when you talk with kids adolescents college students mm -hmm. um, what are you hearing? What are what are kids struggling with these days? What's on their minds? It's, what's weighing heavy on their hearts? It's a lot. I mean, a lot of everything. You know, every person's different. They don't have, you know, the same struggles. But a lot of them, um, you know, it's it's with the stress of time management. You know, how do I manage my time? Especially right now with the coronavirus. You know, kids working from from home on homework and stuff. How do I manage my time right now? Um, even when they go off to college, you know they're away from their parents they're away from you know teachers that have surrounded themselves or that they have surrounded themselves with for the last you know 10 15 years that whole are, support systems are gone gone yeah and so they get to college and they just the first sign of you know something doesn't go right they just shut down and they don't know how to react to those situations um you know a lot of a lot of kids just don't feel like they have support from home and it's it's crazy to to hear that, but the more that I got out and actually started speaking to schools, and, and I see it on the back end, um, you know, with my wife coaching at the college, I do see the issue with a lot of these kids not having that support system, um, whether it's their parents or, um, you know, the group of friends that they surround themselves with. They just don't have a really good support system that actually are helping them uh, succeed and cope with things in the right way. So... Um, I would say every every person's different. Every person, you know, has their their different struggles and stuff. But uh, really, it's um, social media has a, has a lot to do with it. I've I've got a lot of a lot of kids that are struggling with social media because they feed into what they see every day of the week, and that's a lot of social media. Especially right now, stuck inside with the coronavirus, they're on their phones, they're on their computers and stuff, and so. They uh, they are struggling with, you know, getting caught up in the, you know, whether it's the news that's going on surrounding the coronavirus or comparing themselves to, uh, you know, other students um, and adults do this too. We we live in a world where we see everybody's, you know, uh, perfect life on on social media and stuff, but they don't see the struggles that go on behind closed doors a lot of times, and that's that's what needs to be talked about and expressed about a little bit a little bit more the, the struggles that go on behind closed doors. So you had a, a losing a brother, I, 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 that's, I can't fathom um, that, and then your father, and um, what, how'd you get out of that? You know, how did you um, retool yourself or, or kind of Find the strength. I mean, what, what was your way out? I just imagine a lot of dark, 
days. I mean, that's young, and, and you know, especially when there is a stigma around talking about mental health, mm-hmm. and it's man up, and it's don't cry, and it's you know, if it's any emotion that you're gonna express, it's got to be anger. That's kind of the message that I got from a lot of society growing up as a young kid. So, how did you find your way to health? Absolutely, you know, it, it was a lot of dark days. It was a struggle for years and years and years. Um, I always say, you know, especially with with kids and stuff, you know, we're a product of our surroundings. We are a product of, you know, the the people that we look up to that are that we spend the most time with. Um, and for me, um, coming from a family that struggled with alcohol, uh, my brother struggled with alcohol, coping with his feelings and stuff for whenever he was younger, um, and the situations that he came from. And my dad, you know, my parents got divorced whenever. I was in high school and he struggled with the divorce. He turned to alcohol um, and he was a very extreme diabetic and alcohol and diabetes don't mix. Um, And so that just took a toll on his health. He lost up to 70 pounds, you know, pretty quick. Um, And so seeing those, uh, those situations and how they were dealing with those, I just kind of fell into that same mix. I fell into, well, I'm gonna cope with these things by drinking. And a lot of people didn't know that I was going through these situations because I was so good at hiding it. Um, A lot of people would see me, you know, drink and go out and parties and stuff like that, but they didn't see why I was actually uh, drinking and and doing those things, you know. It was to cope uh, with with a lot of the feelings and stuff. Did you know that as a kid? No, I I really didn't. I I thought, you know, it was just normal Mm -hmm. because that's what I was exposed to. And so I didn't think that it there was anything wrong. Um, you know, I thought this is what everybody went through. And as I got older and, you know, into my, my college years and stuff and after college, continuing to struggle with that stuff. Um, you know, I realized if I continue on this, this path after losing my dad, um, again, that kind of just kind of re reiterated all those feelings and, you know, me drinking and stuff, um, to cope, cope with the, with the situation and I used, I, I started to look back and say, you know, if I continue on this same path, I'm going to end up just like my brother. I'm going to end up just like my dad. And so how can I start turning this around? And so that's when I started really focusing on my physical health to, because my dad was a severe diabetic. I've had other, I've lost other family members to, to diabetes and stuff. Um, and then I started working on my mental health because mental health is a, a very, a very uh, common thing that my family struggles with. I've lost other cousins to this. Um, and so it was something that if I didn't start taking care of those things, I was going to end up just like them, another statistic, you know, and another um, another bad influence um, on other people because I can actually use my experience to help other people rather than just fall into that. Um, you know, this is, this is the way it's always going to be, you know, the victim mentality that everybody seems to, you know, fall into, you know, I, I'm this way because my parents raised me a certain way. I'm this way because, you know, the government, you know, did this to me or, you know, um, my boss, you know, treated me like this. So I ended up this way. Well, you know, that's a victim mentality. You have to be able to shift your mindset and take control of your own life at the end of the day. You know, nobody's forcing you to drink uh, a drop of alcohol. Nobody's forcing you to lay on the couch all day. You have a choice to get up and actually, you know, go for a walk or exercise. 
Um, but really what, what really got me out of it was just taking control of my life. And so when I, when I talk to students and I coach a lot of, um, you know, other adults that are struggling with this, you know, it's hard to get them to believe that, you know, my life can be anything but bad. You know, I, how could I possibly make my life better? And so I, I always say it comes down to the first thing you have to do is believe that your life can get better. Believe that this is not going to be your life forever and it's hard whenever people hear that um, because all they can focus on is you know five feet in front of their face you know this is my situation now how could it possibly get any any better but you know I I talk a lot about goal setting and uh, envisioning and and where you actually want to take your life because without a vision of your life getting better you know you're gonna you're gonna stay stuck in the now and you want to make your life better, you have to be able to to set yourself up with, with the goals, with the steps, with a plan to get you to a better life. And that's what a lot of people struggle with. They don't believe that they can actually, you know, better their life. They're, this is the way that my life is. I'm always going to be like this. And so I would say the first thing that they have to do is believe that their life can, can get better. You know, I would say never never give anyone or anything that type of control over you that says that, you don't have a capability to turn your life around and create a better future for yourself. Um, and it's totally true because you you are the key to creating a better future for yourself. You are the key to making your life better, not not the government, not your parents, not your friends. It's, it's up to you. Factors that you control in your own kind of daily routine or the way you live your life, there's a lot there that can be changed. Absolutely. Even though there's a lot out of your control, there's still things that you can do every day to, to be well and to, to make progress. Absolutely. Progress, you know, Tony Robbins always says progress equals happiness, and it's, it's true. You have to start with the momentum. You have to get momentum. You know, it's like a, like a train. You have to get the wheels turning in the right direction, but once you, you know, pick up that steam and that, that, that positive momentum going in the right direction, it's hard to stop. But... If you do start to stop, you know, it's really hard to get yourself back going. And so I'm really big on consistent consistency, daily habits, routines, things like that to set yourself up for success and, you know, controlling the, the things that you can control. You know, we can't control the government right now. We can't control everything that we see on social media, but we can choose to, uh, you know, choose to not watch the news maybe or choose to not feed into, you know, uh, the coronavirus fears that are going on around us. We can control what we control in our lives right now, today. I can get up, I can go for a walk, I can choose to play with my family, uh, spend time with my kids, I can choose to, you know, drop down and do 10 push-ups right now to better my health, I can focus on the things that actually make me better, add value to myself rather than feed into all this other negative uh, these negative thoughts negative emotions that are kind of swirling around us right now we can really choose what we focus on and i I believe that we should be focusing on the the positive things um you know a big thing for me is starting the day off right with a good morning routine you know you should have if you can't do anything else you should be able to start off your day right can I ask what your morning routine is? It's, well, I... Because I know what mine is, and I don't know. If, I mean, mine's mostly just coffee, cereal, and it's, you know, uh, ready. It's been a, a process, and a lot of this is changing. Um, you know, 
everybody wants, like I said, the, the five-step process to better mental health and, and all this. There's no one key to... There's not. There's n- nobody is... Everybody's different, you know. And so for me, my morning, my morning uh, routine, I get up, I go for a, a two-and-a-half-mile run in the mornings. Um, and then I, I do mindful meditation, I, uh, which is a lot of breathing exercises. And that has been tremendous when it comes to mental health. That's, you know, just really being able to calm your nerves down. Um, and a lot of people, sit, when I say meditation, they think, you know, you sit with your arms crossed or your legs crossed and, you know, your arms out like this. And that's, that's not, it's more of a breathing exercise. And I can do it in seven to ten minutes. And, you know, it, it really just calms you down. And it brings you back to focusing right now instead of focusing on what went wrong and, and all this other stuff that I can't control. It's really just bringing you back. So I do a mindful meditation. So you're not, can I jump in there? Because yeah. sometimes when I let my, you know, mind just kind of relax and go go blank or whatever, what I immediately tend to do, and I have to stop myself a lot of time, is just I immediately start rehashing everything that happened mm-hmm. the day before or, you know, the even the same day. And I'm critiquing or I'm saying okay tomorrow I've got to make sure that I do this and it's really hard to just like I don't know just be in that space where I'm not worried about tomorrow and I'm not beating myself up over yesterday absolutely and this this is where a lot of the mindset training and stuff that I do with um with adults and stuff this is where a lot of it comes in is you know being able to control your focus and so when I was why I say, you know, starting off the day with a good morning routine, you're controlling your focus on things that get you started in the right mindset, a positive mindset going in the right direction and not waking up and rolling over and grabbing your phone and looking on Facebook and seeing all the bad social media, you all know, the gossip and the drama. Yeah. And you, you gonna... get caught up in the day. You're, you're caught up in somebody else's problems. You're caught up in, you know, well, what went wrong yesterday? You're taking control of your life, you know. This is my morning routine. This is what I need to do to set myself up for, you know, a positive mindset. Because if you start the day off right, you know, if you if you go through your morning routine and you have a positive mindset, say something bad does go happen at 10 o'clock in the morning, that's going to bounce off a lot easier than if you start the day off, you know, angry and mad and, and just frustrated. And then that, that bad thing happens at 10 o'clock, you're going to blow up whenever that happens it's just going to be the tipping point and so it's a lot better if you start your day off right and you end your day right i have a nighttime routine as well and again it it just kind of makes me control and focus my thoughts on the positive things the things that went well and so i'll give you kind of a condensed version of my morning and uh morning routine so i wake up i go for a two and a half mile run um i do my mindful meditation if i can lift i lift um Right now with the gyms closed, I have just kind of a, a gym at home and stuff where I lift. Um, and then I, I listen to motivational videos, podcasts, things like that um, while I'm exercising. So I kind of kill two birds with one stone because I think it's always important that you add value to yourself every day. You grow your mind, you stretch your mind, you learn something new. Um, and so that's kind of my morning routine. And then at, at the nighttime routine, so... For a lot of people that struggle with anxiety and you know just kind of letting their mind wander because when we lay down at bed in bed at night what do we do we think about oh all the things that went wrong throughout the day or we think about all the things that um that i have to get done tomorrow or all the things that you know all the bad things all the negative things and so 
what I do is I lay down and I, I always tell people you should, you should start off by saying three things that went good for the day. Three things that went well for the day. Not focusing on anything, all the bad stuff, things that you could have did better. Three things that went well that day. You should always be able to name at least three. Okay? And then I would say three things that you were grateful for. Okay? Three things. You can, no matter how bad things may be, it might be something simple as, well, I have running water in my house. You know? So three things that you were grateful for. And then really focusing on those things. So don't just say, you know, three things, you know, uh, real quick and, and move on to the and next one. You really on. need yeah. to focus. And this is where it, it's the mindset thing. You're training your mind to focus on those good things. You're, you're you know, intentionally, you know, I, I am grateful for this in my life. You know, you really have to focus on those things and really, um, really feed into them. You're, you're feeding your mind. You're feeding into the positivity. Um, so... Three things that you're grateful for. And then I always, I, I pray. Um, you know, I understand if that's not everybody's saying, but I always pray. Um, and then I go into uh, my my goals. I always, it's so important that you focus on your goals as well. Because when you sleep at night, your subconscious, you know, allows you to... Uh, the brain's working. It, it is. It's working, you know. Um, the majority of your your thoughts and stuff, we... we focus on, you know, the, from the day before. So if you sleep at night, your subconscious is working on, you know, how do I achieve these goals and things like that. It's like when you watch a scary movie right before you go to bed, well, you might have a nightmare about that scary movie. Well, if you focus on your goals right before you go to bed, you're going to, you know, your brain's processing, processing, you know, how can I achieve these goals? How can I do this? How can I do that? And so I always tell people, focus on your goals right before you go to bed. And then I always go into my, my mindful meditation, my breathing exercises, and again, just kind of calming my nerves. And all that process probably, probably takes about 30 minutes. And I can tell you when I first started it, it's, it's been an ongoing process. You know, what, what works for me, what doesn't work for me. And I imagine it seemed like a lot of work. It, it does. At the beginning, it, like, why am I doing this much? Yeah, <laughs> and, but it, again, it, it takes practice. It, it takes practice and consistently doing this. And I can tell you, for me, I used to lay in bed for hours. I mean, four or five, six hours. I would I would count dashes when alarm clocks were a thing. You know, I would count the dashes on the alarm clock and stuff. And I, I'm also one of the owners of JNC Electrical. And so whenever I was working on big, big projects and stuff, you know, I was so worried about, you know, all the things I had to get done the next day or stress or, you know, what's, what's going wrong on this project or whatever. And so it's really just taking the time to focus on what I can control, focus on what went well and not allowing my mind to kind of wander into those bad things throughout the day. And so I go into the mindful meditation to end it. And I can tell you that 30 minute process when I first started out, sometimes I don't even make it through 10, 15 minutes now before I fall asleep. And, you're out, yeah. and so it's again, just kind of controlling your, your thoughts and your focus. I want to shift gears a little bit, mm -hmm. and I want to ask you a question about what it means to be a man in today's world. Um, I think a lot of the conversation around mental health and the stigma around it mm -hmm. has a lot to do with um, definitions of masculinity that hinder a conversation around mental health wellness and just being honest and open about uh, your emotions. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's it's 
something we talked a little bit with uh, Nathan Fawson on Monday about, but just this idea that strength means silence and it means handling it on your own and it means never reaching out. Yeah. Um, and so I think of, of you now and probably what you represent to a lot of the kids you work with, a lot of it, what you might be doing, and I'm curious to see, are you challenging what they kind of think of, well, that's not what a man is and does? And, and how do you kind of break that down to a kid who thinks, you know what, that's being soft. Yeah. You know, that's, and, you know, I can think of multiple terms that, that kids use. How do, you, how do you reach across that divide? Yeah, so, you know, whenever I give a presentation, I, I do, I give the example of, you know, whenever I was their age, you know, you know my understanding was, you know, guys don't cry. You know, we work out. That's that's what we do. We we don't show you know our emotions and we punch a wall or we yeah. You know. I mean, and and so my my dad had a saying whenever um, I was younger and, and we would we were really big into sports and stuff. Played baseball and and so his his whole thing was if a kid got hurt or something, you know, he'd always say, well, "Rub it in the dugout," you know, so you didn't let the other team see you hurt or see you cry or whatever. Well, you know, just that little saying right there can make a big impact on a, on a kid. And it, there's becoming more information and more studies out there that, you know, those little things that you say, you might not even think about it, but that can have a huge impact on why that kid doesn't show emotion or why he doesn't cry, why he doesn't come and tell you something. And so my thought was whenever I was growing up, I never saw my dad cry until after the divorce and stuff. And you know, and it really got really bad whenever I would hear my dad cry himself to sleep at night. That was, that's tough. Mm-hmm. That's tough to hear a grown man cry uh, like that. And I would listen to that every night. And so I started to think, well, you know, this man that was, you know, my superhero, um, hearing him cry and stuff, you know, it's okay to show emotion. It's okay, um, you know, to, to put yourself out there, to be vulnerable and around this this stigma around it, you know, there's nothing to be ashamed of. There's nothing to be embarrassed of. I can tell you that I have more adult men on these job sites and stuff that come up and they'll talk for two hours about this stuff. But they can't talk about it to their wives or they can't talk about it to their friends. Um, and I was the same way. I couldn't talk about it. I felt more comfortable talking to a stranger about these things than to our friends or to my friends. Um I remember that in, in college, if I can share kind yeah. of an anecdote. I remember a, a guy, um, we were in the same dorm together, and um, I knew that he was going through a lot, but it was a brick wall, except when he was, uh, except when it was the weekend, and then alcohol was in the mix, and it was just a, he would sob. Mm-hmm. and cry and you know and it was just like it was his way to let the emotions out it just kind of felt like there was so much pressure there and it you know it wasn't healthy mm-hmm. but it was his only way I think of just finding some type of release or escape for this being bottled up and I, I worry about that absolutely. a lot with kids you know um, absolutely yeah a lot of kids don't know what else to do and they turn to pills or um, alcohol and stuff like that we we see it every year we spend a lot of time in the hospitals and stuff with kids getting their stomachs pumped or, you know, and, and what, so I go back to what's, what's hard to see is the parent support and, you know, the, the group of friends that they surround themselves with that support system is so important. Um, we have some parents that we call up and say, Hey, you're, you know, you're, 
daughter or your your son is in the hospital and they say well they've done this before or they a really tough call yeah it is it is but it's frustrating when parents don't take it seriously they've done this they've they've done this before we'll be down later this weekend or something and and that's really tough you know from our standpoint to see these kids struggle like that because they don't have that support and it is more common now that I've actually gone out and spoken to all these schools and universities and stuff, it is more common um, than what I ever thought was really uh, was, was happening. Um, and and I can tell you, I, I go into all these schools and stuff, and I cannot pick out a person that might be struggling with mental health because they're 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 so good at hiding it. It can present so well. It's yeah, such an yeah, thing. it is, and especially. Especially guys, I, I have a lot of messages, um, you know, that come through, whether it's on social media, emails, um, you know, text, things like that with, that might be struggling with that stuff, but they are afraid to talk about it or how their friends are going to perceive them or whatever. This is not something that you need to be ashamed of. I, I'm very open. We talked about it before we started this, that everybody wants to see the highlight reel and, and perfect and things like that, but on social media... You know, I'm vulnerable about that stuff. You know, I will tell you when we struggle, my wife is the same way. We have been openly, um, you know, open about our, our struggles with whether it's anxiety or depression or, you know, eating disorders, whatever the case may be. We're open about that. And more people need to be like that because there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. Your physical health, your mental health is so important in your life that, you know, they go hand in hand. So... Why can we talk about physical health but not mental health? And so I think from a guy's standpoint, um, you know, it's it's one of those things. You're not alone, even though you might feel like you're alone or you can't, you know, you're not as manly if you open up and talk about this stuff. It's just going to get worse if you keep that bottled in. It's just going to get worse if you let it, you know, sit there and eat at you and bother you more and more and more. Do you think it's easier to be a kid now than when, um, than, than... How old are you? Can I ask? I'm yeah, uh, I'm. I'll be 32 in July. Okay, so, so I'm 35. Um, do you think? Um, so we're kind of the same. Do you think it's easier to be a kid now, or or was it? I mean, I you know I hear a lot about social media and the constant. Uh, you know, I don't really. I don't. I wonder if the stresses are just different or if they're worse. <laughs> I I think it's. Um, you know, it's. Apples to oranges, um, you know, in my opinion. Right now, the, the kids are, are struggling big time. Um, I feel like probably more because they're constantly being fed the social media. Um, and the comparison, people compare themselves to everybody else. Oh, well, this person um, is going on a vacation. Why don't I get to go on vacation? You know, or this person, oh my gosh, they're so pretty, but they might have took two hours to do their makeup and put on 10 filters on their Instagram post, but yet that kid is still comparing themselves to, Hmm. you know, the other people that they see, or they see that, you know, these big influencers or celebrities or athletes and things like that, that have all these great things, but you know, why am I, you know, struggling? Why is my family like this? And so I think just the constant feed of that, um, you know, comparing themselves to other people, um, is re- it really takes a toll on, mm. on the kids, and it takes a toll on adults too. Um, 
keeping up with the Joneses is really, uh, it's a real thing that adults struggle with. You know, my neighbor got a new car. I need to get a new car. Or, you know, why is so-and-so getting a pay raise and I'm not, um, you know, or why is this family yeah, going on this big vacation and we're not? So um, I think just the comparison to other people is uh, is something that really, uh, really adults struggle with as well as uh, as students, um, just that constant feed of, of comparing themselves to other people. But in spite of this, there's hope. There's a message. I mean, when you speak to kids and to adults and kind of going back to what you were saying in the beginning, there is this inescapable conclusion that you are in charge of your life. Absolutely. That no matter... The, the, the circumstances that we're in, whether it be a pandemic or, you know, in never-ending stream of snaps or tweets or mm-hmm. Instagram posts that um, that you're in this, right? I Absolutely. mean, is that, when you talk to kids, is that kind of Absolutely. the one thing you want them to walk away with? And, yeah, we, we can't always control our situation. We can't control, you know, maybe how our parents raised us. We can't control... You know, like I said, what the government's doing or the, the coronavirus situation. But we can control, you know, how I choose to get up and live my day today. You know, I can control my next step. We we like to see this big grand vision of, you know, um, you know, this is my end goal or this is my end destination. This is this is big mountain that I have to climb to try to get over, you know, this depression or this anxiety or something like this, this mental health issue that I'm going through. That's so hard to, I would never be able to get to the top of that mountain. But all we have to do is focus on that first step. But I think part of that is it's hard to want to do that or to feel like the work's justified if you don't feel like you're worth it. Absolutely. You know, I mean, like, to do that morning routine and that evening Mm -hmm. routine, to have the, the discipline to say, I can make something better of my life, I think that's hard to justify when, um... You're getting, maybe from yourself, maybe from other people around you, but there might be that nagging doubt that, like, you're not worth this. Mm-hmm. Your life doesn't matter. You know, you, you, you know, what's the, I think that's part of what um, really hurts the process is taking that first step to say, you know what, I matter enough yeah. to take these steps. My life is important enough to, to invest this energy and time in it. Absolutely. And, and that's exactly right. The belief. You, that's why I always say you have to start with the belief. You have to believe that your life can get better. Until you believe your life can get better, it's not going it to. It, you, so for your life to change, you have to change. For your life to get better, you have to get better. If you're stuck in this, well, this is, this is the way it's always going to be. That is. That's the way it's always going to be. And so you have to break that cycle and, and start doing something different. You know, if I laid on the couch all day today and I feel bad, well, what's the alternative? Mm-hmm. Maybe I can go on a walk. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if I if I feel bad because I ate all this junk food today, well, what's the alternative? Maybe I eat something healthy. Let, let's see what, what changes if I maybe eat something different. And so if you feel continue to fill yourself with negativity or bad decisions, bad habits, well, that's what you're going to get. You're going to get bad results. And so for, for people that just say, well, man, my life could never get better, well, you have to believe it can get better. And that's the first step, like, like I said, whenever we first started was you have to have that belief. You have to have a vision of, you know, 
where do I want to take my life? If I'm not happy with my life right now, where do I want it to go? Where do I want to get to? And so that's when I, I talk a lot about self-discipline. And self-discipline to me is um, you know, getting yourself to do the things that you don't want to do, but you know you should do them. And so it's hard to get yourself off the couch. It's very hard to do that. That first step. Yeah, but you know you should get off the couch and go for a walk. You know that it's hard to go to the gym. You know it's hard to, you know, eat healthy foods. But if you do that, if you do that, it's going to, you know, change the way your physical body is. Mm -hmm. You know, it's so it's it's really hard to get somebody to stick with that consistently. You know, people try that stuff, but if it doesn't work within the first ten days or thirty days, they quit and they go back to their old ways. And so, self discipline to me is the key. You have to continuously do that every day. I can tell you, I would much rather get up in the morning and, you know, hit that snooze button and stay in bed. But I know if I don't get up and go work out, if I don't take care of my body, if I don't set myself up for the right mindset, then I fall back into my old habits and stuff. And so getting yourself to consistently do that year after year, because mental health, I can tell you, you still have those those doubts. You still have those struggles. You still have that anxiety. This is a lifelong. It thing. is. It is for somebody that has really done that. And as adults, you know, you can see that your struggles just continue. I mean, you have more problems. You have kids. You've got bills. You have, you know, maybe you lost your job and things like that. Stuff like that comes up all the time. And so, knowing how your body reacts to those situations, the things that you can do, you know. I, I have a bad mood right now or something bad happened to me. Uh, something's triggering my head to go back to those negative thoughts. I'm, I'm binge eating or I'm binge watching Netflix and stuff for two or three hours or two or three days for some of these people. You know, I need to stop that right now and go back to, you know, the good habits, the good things. And so knowing what triggers you on the bad habit route or what triggers your negative emotions and having a good support system around you that can help identify those things as well so my wife over the last you know we've been together eight years now um you know she's really good about picking up on well maybe i've I've had an off day or something so she knows you know i need to you know maybe give him some space or maybe i need to do this to try to help you know you know turn his mood around or whatever and so this is these are the things that you just it's a lot of trial and error what works for you i mean like I said, everybody wants the the cut and dry, this is what you need to do, boom, you're cured of mental health, you know, conditions or, or whatever, but that's not this not true. Work. It's work every day. It is. It's consistent it's, work. It's a it's a never ending road, but I think at the end that I liked what you said earlier that adding value to yourself every day. Absolutely. Every single day. And I think I tend to get into the habit of just kind of coasting. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll just say, okay, this is this is where I am. Things are good right now, and I can kind of, and then all of a sudden it's like, boom, yep. you know, something happens, and I feel caught off guard. Yeah. So, a lot of my uh, my presentation is grow, prepare, live. That's what my social media is and stuff. And so I post daily daily motivation stuff, videos, uh, things like that, um, just to try to keep that positive momentum with everybody every day. And I need that in my life, and so I know other people, you know, can use that as well. Um, and so, what I talk about is growing from your past. You know, first areas grow from your past. That's overcoming the obstacles. You know, mm-hmm. you you had this situation happen to you. You know, maybe it was last week, maybe it was ten years ago, but you have to accept that at some point 
and you have to be able to learn from that. You have to grow from that situation. You know, it was a, it was a lesson that taught you how to be stronger. You know, you're mm-hmm. better for that. You know, don't see it as a negative situation. You can actually grow from that and use it as a learning tool, as a step to your future success rather than weigh you down because a lot of people see that as baggage when it's not. You know, you got through that situation. You're better for it. You're stronger for it. You're smarter because of it. Um, and then I go into preparing for your future, which is goal setting, seeing that vision of where you want to take your life, the places you want to travel to, the job that you want to have, the amount of money that you want to make. Um, and really that's where you get people to really start believing, Hey, this is possible. I can do this. I can, you know, take control of my life. I want to go be a doctor. I want to, you know, be a coach. I want to, uh, travel the world or whatever. That's when you start getting them to see, Hey, I I can do this if I put in the work, if I put the time into it. Um, and then I, my last is live in the present. So that's where you really start taking action and doing these little things that you can do, managing your time, putting in the work to actually make that vision, make that belief become a reality, make your goals become a reality. And so not only that, but also in the, in the present is actually being in the present, you know, if your kids are playing, you know, take note of that, actually be in the room playing with them. It's, we get so caught up on scrolling through our phones or watching TV or something like that. Your kids are playing. If you're on a walk, taking, taking into the count that that birds are actually chirping and stuff. And I find myself doing that. And I, I'd space out sometimes on her walks, on her family walks and stuff, because I'm, you know, focusing on the birds and stuff. My wife makes fun of me all the time. She said, you're going to be that old man with binoculars watching birds and stuff. But um, it's really, it's just taking note of that. On my morning walks, I always take note of the sunset or the sunrise, you know, in the mornings. Always look at the sunrise before I go back inside after my walk and stuff because, um, you know, that's something that it's beautiful. People always think, you know, I got to go to a beach or I got to go to the mountains to see, you know, this beautiful sunrise. Well, you can do that even here in Kansas. I mean, and just those little things, you know, again, just shifting your focus to, you know, the positive things, the good things, uh, you know, really just being in the moment and stuff. And so if somebody wants to reach you, how can they? What's um, the best way? Yeah. So you can follow me on Facebook or Instagram at grow, prepare, live. Um, you can feel free to reach out uh, via email, kurtjacksonspeaker at gmail.com, or you can go to my website, www.kurtjacksonspeaker.com. Um, you know, feel free to reach out. Anyway, I hope that you guys, you know, follow me for da- daily motivation, um, videos, things like that. I try to post something different every day. So, thank you for your time. I really appreciate the yeah, conversation. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Registered is produced by the Iola Register. For more episodes, subscribe to Registered wherever you get your podcast. Just search Registered or find us online at iolaregister.com slash registered. To support our work, please consider subscribing to The Register. You can find out more at iolaregister.com slash subscribe. And thank you 